right, they can't hear you. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay.
presented by Global Drive Network. I hope you guys are ready for a great show, because I am. Of course, I got my squad in the house with me tonight. Let me say what's up to them real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and jump into this show. What's going on, Kels Johnson? How you doing today? I'm great. Bless you. How are you? <laughs> How you doing today? I am doing well. I am doing well today. It's been busy, but I'm good. I'm good. Did Kelly just hit us with the good Jesus answer real quick? I think she did. I think she did. She tipped her good flower we had and all. Yeah, some blessings. <laughs> blessings. <laughs> I'll take them though. I'll take all the blessings. <laughs> right. Me too. Cuzzo, you good, man? Hey, what's happening, man? Oh man, it's all good. Wow. Are y'all ready for this good show? This good show tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Q, go ahead and take us away. All right, all right. So I am covering the the social side of things today. Social meaning like our communities and things of that nature. Um, here, for those of you who listen here in Oklahoma City, um, I'm pretty sure. Your um, timelines have been pretty full with the conversation regarding the most recent decision by the Oklahoma City School Board. Um, Here in Oklahoma City, where they have decided, I'm pulling up my article really quickly, where there are going to be quite a few schools that are potentially going to be closing within the next year or so. They are slated to have these schools closing here in the next calendar year. Some and the majority of these schools are on the east side of Oklahoma City, which will directly affect um our predominantly African American communities. And these schools are um Edgemere Elementary, let's see, Edgemere Elementary, F D Moon Academy, Gatewood Elementary, Green Pastures Elementary, and Johnson Elementary. These schools are schools that are state, slated to close. And they are talking about um, redistricting or basically um, consolidating Northeast Academy. And this has been something that's been in the news for quite a while. There's been all kinds of fighting going on regarding Northeast Academy. Um, But the reason, the rationale behind closing these schools is they're stating that there's not enough enrollment, there's not enough engagement in the community for these schools to allow them to stay open. And that if the Oklahoma City Public School District, which has been Um, struggling for quite some time um, has uh, if they decide to close these schools then there's a potential one million dollar savings when this happens Um, so that's one aspect of this and there's there's all kinds of uproar going on regarding this particular um, decision and it's been going on for quite some time the debate behind it has been going on for quite some time Um, The thing that I found out as I was researching this particular article is that quite a few of these schools that are slated to close actually received quite a large amount of money within the last last few years while we've been in all of the debates regarding the budget cuts and the teachers going back and forth and not having enough, um, not having the money, the resources to take care of their classrooms, let alone um, them personally. So, and another article that I read is showing that millions were spent to renovate quite a few of these schools, and so much of this money has already been spent that basically the city is going to take an L. Um, for instance, <clears throat> let's see here. 
the city invested $3.3 million for, uh, for Edgemere School. That is a public school bond that has $2 million slated for a new gym. And that design process is underway, and the design was actually approved just last month. So that's for Edgemere School, that's $3.3 million. Um, for the schools that received MAPS money, that money has already been spent. For instance, FD Moon received $41,000, while Gatewood Elementary received $2.78 million. Green Pastures Elementary has also received $4.3 million, and Johnson Elementary received $2 million. This has all been going on in the matter of um, these past few years where all the, the budget cuts were happening. So these schools were still getting MAPS money because, of course, that's the taxpayer money that we approved through bonds and all that other stuff. But if these schools close, that money is pretty much spent. It doesn't go back to the taxpayers. We then at that point, we, in addition, take BL. So there's a lot of controversy surrounding this. Um, I went to a school on the – I went to Millwood, uh, Millwood Public Schools. I graduated from Millwood High School, and we are on the east side, but we are not included in the Oklahoma City Public School District. So we are an independent district, but these changes absolutely affect um, schools – all of the schools in this area, this entire community is about to be affected by these changes if they actually come to fruition. Um, it kills me to read this particular, this last article that I discussed when we're talking about how much money we did spend and then to have these schools be the schools are, that are the ones that are first in line to go just seems, just to be perfectly blunt, just ask backwards. Like it makes no sense to me why one the money was put into these schools to begin with. No, because this isn't just a new. Uh, this isn't something that just happened all of a sudden. These like they pulled from a hat and these schools got chosen. You know, the 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 <clears throat> enrollment didn't just drop this past year. This thing has been consistent. I remember when my son went to Moon schools almost ten years ago, and they were in the same situation that they're in. I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. So this isn't a new occurrence. So I'm just really wondering why it was even up for debate or even up for an option to invest all of this money knowing that there was a potential to close them. Um, I personally have quite – I have some I, – I see the devil – I see both sides of this issue, um, but I really want to know what, what – I'm, I'm open to, to what other people have to say to this because I have been removed from the, the, the Oklahoma City Public School District for quite some time. My kids have been in Dell City and things. I don't, I'm not as familiar with what's going on. But I, I'd like to know, first off, just with what we've discussed so far, what is it that you guys um, are thinking about this? I know there's been all kinds of discussions going on on the book. Talk to me. Rashad, what do you think? Let's go with you first. Okay. Um First of all, uh, I've seen where a lot of people are saying there's more ranting than there is action. Um, so to that, I counter with, you know, honestly, I want to know what we can do to help because um, my first thought is, is I'm looking at it and I'm thinking gentrification. That's what I'm thinking off top. Uh, very well may be that, very well may not be. But the mathematics looks like gentrification. Because the areas that it's happening in is in the black areas and the uh, the not black areas for not wanting to use other words uh, is the, they're they're getting their funding they're getting their you know what they need the books the computers the as you stated gymnasiums and all kind of stuff to you know keep things ticking and kicking but right. over in the hood you know you can't get you can't get a, 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 a 
uh, a book even, after-school program, you know, all of that stuff is hard to come by. There's no money for it. So, I mean, I don't think that the money is being rationed out evenly. I don't think that, you know, the system is being fair about it. I want to learn more about it. Uh, I'm very open to learning more about it, and I want to know exactly what can be done to put more action and help in as opposed to just talking about it. Right. I agree. Kels, what do you think about this? I know you're involved in the higher ed level of things as far as, you know, the college level of things, but I know this still is going to affect this affect this affects, you know, future enrollments, whether it be quite a few years down the line, but this is going to affect quite a few people. What do you what do you think about this? Um when when things like this happen it just always boils down to, you know, think people don't want to say it. I think one of the parents did have a quote in one of the articles that um when you have five schools getting ready to close and you say it's based on enrollment and budget cuts and things like that, that for elementary schools, when has enrollment been, you know, when when did we start recruiting for elementary schools? So when has enrollment played a big part in the budget for elementary? So you just have to wonder what kind of um, – Misuse, for lack of a better word, I wanted to say the wrong thing. Uh, but there has to be some kind of, there just has to be some kind of misuse somewhere. Um, yep. In being a director of financial aid and and coming from a background of just being part of the financial side of education, period. There's there are so many things that are are budgeted and cut out line by line to be used in certain situations. So when you have a failure like this in in elementary is I just I can't I can't can't say it's anything other than just you know mis misusing just failure on you know in the leg, in the uh, legislative process like there's just there's something there that's not right. Um in higher ed enrollment is directly linked to money that's coming in. Uh, yep. Elementary, like you, you are in the article. We know what kind of money has been allocated and raised and, and charged for taxpayers to go to those schools. So, what do you mean? Um, uh, you know, just saying that it's because of enrollment stuff like that just doesn't doesn't sit well with me. Um, and we do have we do need to figure out a way, a step by step solution on how those of us that are not directly linked to those schools or that area, how we can help. Because, I mean, just from my experience, it's, it's, it's just lack of accountability, and it's definitely some issue somewhere for, for this type of situation to to happen. So, Completely. Completely. <laughs> no, but I think you're more right than you – you're more right than you, you may know. Um, before I, I kind of – I have a, a thought to what you were saying, like, the admin, Oklahoma City Public Schools, the Oklahoma City Public School District has more administrative positions than they do teachers. Like there's a there's a superintendent for every little small teeny, you know, it, we spend more money from the big budget paying people to do paperwork than we do to actually teach people. And then we wonder why we have no money. But there have been no reductions in salary. There's been no reductions in these 
you know, bonuses and things like that. Like our schools are failing, but nobody's stepping up and saying, you know what, I care enough that um, I care enough about my school, my district, my kids that I really don't, like how do you even take a bonus? How do you take that type of salary knowing that your teachers are being, aren't eating? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just I just don't get it. And we're doing too much as far as, and like, you're completely mismanaging the money. But that, that has been known. It's been stated. And they've actually been talking about it for months about as far as trimming the fat, trimming the fat as far as administrative budgets are concerned. But when they say administrative duties, they trim janitorial staff and right. the secretary who ain't making no, you know what I mean? Like, none of the superintendents, yeah. none, of, none of those people got to go that's making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Y'all down here with the little penny people. And that's just... It's crazy, and it, and it does not speak to caring about anything other than self. And I'm thinking wrong profession completely. When would you guys say that? I wanted to get that thought out real quick. Let me ask a question. I, I'm trying to figure out, so are they saying that these schools, like what's the capacity, are these schools, all of these schools at capacity? Because if they're talking about bringing all of these to North Northeast Academy, what, what are they? No, they're not like, at capacity. That's what they're yeah, saying. That say their enrollment is at like two hundred capacity. Yeah, yeah right. that's and why they're that, closing. It's costing more to keep them open. Schools, so they're saying that none of these schools, one, two, three, these five schools, none of them are at capacity. So to shut all five of them down and bring them into one school does. No, not one school. I actually found so a this, graphic. Hold on one moment. I'm gonna find. I yeah. found a graphic earlier that actually has a plan of how they want to um, consolidate these schools. So give me just one second. But they're actually, they're, it's like a, um, they're consolidating one school to another, but it's not where they're putting all of the schools in one spot. They are moving, they're, they're moving one to the other so as to not inundate any one particular school. Oh, my goodness, where did that post go? Um, I mean, I can see I'm searching. how. Go ahead. I can see how, just from a financial standpoint, how it saves some overhead, number one. But if it creates a scenario where you're just going to have more classrooms in in a bigger building, it's not going to save as much, number two. But, you know, I I don't know. I guess I'd have to see the numbers. The other part that I think that's interesting is, uh, Rashad, you brought up gentrification. And I I think that where the gentrification part comes in, is that if you notice, this isn't the reason, and I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, but this is just the reality of it, that they're doing this in this neighborhood because this is a neighborhood where most likely incomes are lower, which means that if incomes are lower then and there's not as much economy, that your tax revenue is lower. So, Kelly, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's money that comes from the federal government um, for schools, but then there's also tax revenue based upon that particular area that's given based upon the business revenue and the people that live in that area. Am I am I correct? Yeah, but it's mostly state funds. Uh, for, right, but the uh, state doesn't like the, the state allocate it based upon like the state allocates it based upon like tax revenue of, of each area, though, right? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Definitely. So they're not going to take money from the upper end neighborhood because those people are paying more in, in theory. They're gonna yes. take it from they're gonna take it from a poor neighborhood and try to justify it by saying by by saying, listen, we can't take money and I'm from what I know Oklahoma City, 
they're not going we're not gonna take it from um Nichols Hills because them the people that got the money and most of them send their kids to private school anyway, we're gonna send it we're gonna take it from these poor people. So that's probably that's I think where the gentrification piece of it is. And and again to say that again we don't have because there is typically no economy there either. So there's no when I say economy, I'm saying there's not a lot of businesses that are bringing in tax revenue to increase the tax base. Okay. Correct. And I found the graphic just so we can confirm. So the proposed school consolidations are Gatewood would be moved into Eugene Field, Edgemere would be moved into MLK Elementary, Johnson would then consolidate into Ridgeview, um, Green Pastures would be split between Spencer and Telstar, and Moon would be split between Edwards and Parks. Um, the sixth grade children would move um, that go to Stand and Wadey, I believe, would move to Roosevelt School, Roosevelt Middle School. I guess this is the redistricting, redistricting once it moves to the middle school because those kids now are going to have to go to different schools. So the fifth and sixth grade looks like they would go, uh, what is that, Edmond, I'm sorry, Edgemere, Edwards, King, Moon, and Parks would be moved into Northeast Middle School, the fifth through eighth grade. Um, Northeast Academy High School closes. Students return to their neighborhood school or apply to other career academy options. Douglas High School will now serve grades 9 through 12. Wow. There's quite a bit going on. Um, and they break it down even further for the sixth grade. They go to Cleveland, Eugene Field, Gatewood, Hawthorne, Linwood, Putnam Heights, Sequoia. Those kids will go to Taft. And Rogers Middle School would then be fifth to eighth grade. And they are Green Pastures, Spencer, Telstar, and Willowbrook would then be responsible for going to Rogers Middle School. That is yeah, also weird babies. to me because, like, uh, where we come from, we go what um, kindergarten to eight, and then like uh, then high school is freshman to freshman to senior. So, you know, I They've think a lot of that with the levels thing for a while. stuff because people, you know, the breakup is different in all different states. You know, like some people have a sixth grade graduation, and I, you know, I've never understood stuff like that. But, I mean, if it works, it works. But I don't know the most beneficial way to break the schools in half. Um, the the way that I saw it, I think that our schools managed well. I don't think that our schools were lacking for money. Um as far as the gentrification, the reason I think that is because all of these things that are going on with Oklahoma City specifically, those changes are happening in a neighborhood where the radius is less than five miles to the Thunderdome. And that means that the most money that's made in the, met- in the metro for Oklahoma City is being, you know, kind of kind of looked at as the ghetto. Yeah. Now, you know what I mean? If that's a part of it, if those if those neighborhoods Absolutely. are that close to downtown, then that could Absolutely. be very well. But then, but then what they have to Douglas do Douglas High School specifically, when you've been here, those new those new developments across the street from Douglas, you think black folks are buying those like that? And then like you no. have to look at the fact that you know uh, Douglas is to the point where um, small as they're not saying it, they're trying to change the name. Why? Because they know that here in the near future, that's not going to be a black high school. It's just not. It's too close to money for it to stay ours, and they know it. Yeah, I mean, now from a gentrification standpoint, 
I'm gonna say that I would I would I would I think it's safe to say that just looking again, I don't know I'm not deep in the to Oklahoma City neighborhoods, but it's pretty safe to say that they're trying to make the east side the black side. No, they're trying to change it from the black side. It's the black side now. They're trying to take it back from the blacks because it's too close to all their new moves. Not close you get downtown, like maybe. I'm, I'm referring to. I I don't. Yeah, I don't. That too. Like uh, uh, just from the, because I look at those developer sites and things like that. They're trying to build a park. They're trying to build, you know, uh, 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 something like a, a, a makeshift beach. All kind of stuff is trying to go on. And all yeah, that stuff doing is going the on right now where yeah. black people live. And they're basically mm-hmm. pushing black people to the side so that all that stuff can get built immediately. So where are they putting these people? Uh, pushing them out to the, you know, the they're north moving back side, to the north the, side, the moor, <laughs> which used to be where all the white people side, were, moor. and then north side used, yeah. Well, no, they're not. Raquel, what you got to say? That? It's not even because I've I've been to the meetings. Okay, these are some of the meetings that I've been to, and if you're part of the um, small business, the Black Chamber of Commerce or the Small Business Administration. You would hear some of the stuff that's going on. You might not be very familiar what it, what all was happening, but basically the the process has been happen, happening right now, currently within the last year or so, which is gentrification. Is that there's already been, I want to say, is six billion dollars has already been allocated for renovation of the east side. It's not it's not called that, but it's already been allocated. Okay, now what happens is those that are coming in to buy it, of course, are don't look like us because right. we don't have those resources. We we don't own the construction companies, we don't own the renovation companies. So they're getting this free money that's already been allocated to renovate. So of course they're going to renovate to their liking, and they're going to bring in, like you said, they're going to bring in other stuff that they want to bring in. You, you see, um, oh gosh, what is that? The um, the new hotel. Uh, that they mm-hmm. renovated. And mm-hmm. I kind of, oh, I remember we had a conference there, and I just remember the yeah, man, some of the people talking. Yeah, some of the people talking, and they're like, "Oh, where are we?" I'm like, "Uh, we right across the street from downtown. Don't act like y'all mm-hmm. done, you know, rent, you know, made it into the twilight zone. We're right. just across on the other side of Lincoln, <laughs> over here by OU Medical Center. Don't get it twisted. But um, so yeah, that is happening, and so. It's just it's a very big coincidence that all of that is happening for the renovation of that whole side of town, but the schools don't have enough money or enough enrollment to operate. So um, I'll just leave that nugget there. <laughs> but yeah, you have to you're, you're on the right track, Rashad. It's just it, it's already it's already there. It's already happened. The money's already been allocated. It's just the the type of people that are getting. The um, that are putting it to use, we just don't have the resources for it to to use. And I had said that to say that a lot of the parts that they're buying up right now to renovate are abandoned homes or, or rental properties that people weren't renting out. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why they're bringing property value of, down. Yeah, they have. Now I'm told that that infa- uh, I was told before that that land wasn't um, honestly told what was going to happen with it because like a lot of it had to do with um, 
the neighborhood across the street from Douglas and the black people over there, and they were told something different about what the money and all that stuff was going to do and what was supposed to happen. And now the outcome is more, like I was saying, towards gentrification as opposed to making something affordable for them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bigger, it's, it's more to it than that. It's like when they, when they make those proposals and that money is up there, the money is already allocated. It's just the people have to go and bid on who's going to renovate it. So if, the community that was trying to come together to get that, I went to one of those meetings, We had you had to raise the capital to to bid on that area to buy it to do what we wanted to do with it. So it's I had a friend that was that talking somebody, about that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the fact that yeah. if somebody lied to them about what was going to happen with it, it's just that we didn't, the people that wanted to raise Organized. To do what they wanted to do haven't raised the capital. So okay. if Billy Bob Construction has the money and they already did the bid. Then they Ain't can nobody trying to wait. They can already come and do what they what they have planned as long as it's within the constraints of rebuilding and renovating that area. Okay. So. So again, it's yeah. boiling down the organization. Yeah, and it's still you know, and that's why I was saying it's it, it's a big coincidence that at the time that all that is going on to rebuild that side that you're saying that the schools can't um, survive. So it's just really, it takes, we got to get, we have to have somebody in there that's going to be able to, you know, read between the lines and be able to fight for what's right because that's, it's some of that stuff that's going on is legal, but it's not ethical. And it's just because we just don't know. The parents mm-hmm. don't know. The students don't know. Those of us that are part, a part of it every day just don't know what's going on. So it's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we got to get teachers, it. Man. That's what I know. Pay the teachers. Man, for real, <laughs> for real. Again, like I said, they, in the administration that we cut, as far as the schools are concerned, boiled down to janitors and the cafeteria ladies and things like that that need it just as bad as, you know, the teachers do. Like, that's not helping anything. That's a drop in the bucket when it really comes down to um, – um, you know, when it really comes down to actually making the difference. And that's not to say anybody should be necessarily fired or, you know, removed from their post, but there needs to be some real balance found when it comes to the priority here. The kids are supposed to be the priority all the way around. So now stability is huge for kids. We've got to move the kids out of their normal space and where they're used to mm-hmm. going, with inconvenience in the parents. Who knows if all these parents have transportation to go back and forth? You know what I mean? Like, and, again, we're already cutting bus routes. We've been cutting bus routes. So what is that going to do? Is that going to add route, more strain on the new? When it a point right. in time, it's not exactly. now, yeah. kids that don't even go to school all five days. So, I mean, like, wow. like it's out of control. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're doing the, the teachers, absolute man. most. We got to pay the teachers. We got to find a way to get the teachers some money, man. Got to. All right. Well, we will definitely be – I will be following this story, and I'm going to plan to make quite a few of these meetings coming up so that I can report back with some solid information. Kels, don't be mad if I'm in your inbox getting the down before we go. <laughs> but uh, I, I, we need to know about this because, you know, I, I don't live far from the east side. A lot of my business happens out there, and this is it's our area. Like, this, 
doesn't even matter if you live there or not. Like, this is something that's happening. If it starts here, it's just going to move, you know, you mm-hmm. got to pay attention. So, you know, you'll be hearing more about this from us, definitely. And if you all have questions, comments, even as we move on um, throughout the, the show, please give us a call. We want to hear from you. Um, as always, so you can give us a call at 929-477-2304. When, what is it that they push to let us know that they want to talk to us? Is it number two? Is that what the number is? One. One. Number one. one I apologize. One. Press number one if you'd like to speak to us. But while we do that, while y'all get dialed in, we're going to go ahead and hit our first song of the night, which is Man of the Year.
there was no publicity for these for these girls. Even if they some of them have been found, you know, where where is the protocol for a missing child that they all will be treated the same as far as like Amber Amber Alert and, and, and that kind of thing. So what are your thoughts on that guys? We'll start with we'll start with you. You have young girls so you know what Yeah. This doesn't sit well with me at all. Um, and for uh, for for exactly what you said, like what is the criteria? What babies matter? You know, we wonder why we have hashtags like we do, but we keep having rationale for it. Like, what other reason other than this? Do we say, oh, well, they're, they're, they'll come back? Like, were they assumed runaways? Were that you know, I, I don't understand how, especially in a large city like D.C., in that area with all of the traffic, with the way that we've got all these campaigns pushing for um, human trafficking and just babies coming up missing, period, even if it never gets to the trafficking aspect of it. This is a sick society that we're living in, just to be straight up about it. So to know that there's been a trend of 10 women, 10 young women with the same body type, the same features, situation, you know, all of these things. This looks like a profile situation. And, with no, like, we watch enough Criminal Minds, CSI, and all these things to put it together to think there should be a link to this. Why is it that a city like D.C. doesn't prioritize something like this higher? Um, Q, yeah, I don't, I don't Q, like this at all. And it, yeah. Did you, did you start, yeah. you did the same thing. I, was, I started profiling for unsubs. Like, okay, Man, I'm like, for real. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, well, she's not five, six. These, like, for real, like, we got it down to, we can line these babies up and, and think, are they relatives? Like, is this what we're doing now? We're just going to let our babies right. be prey and it's okay? I'm, I'm, y'all, my whole body language is, like, so turned off to this right now. Arms crossed, leaned over to the, lean to the, like, I am not, <laughs> this does not sit well with me <laughs> at all. And, yeah, I've got two daughters, and. I'd be ter- I'd be flipping tables, talk smashing stuff left and right. Like it would be a problem. It would be a problem. <laughs> mm, yeah, no. What What about you, Wayne? Oh, I, I I don't. I think that this should be this should be national news, and you barely okay. hear anything about it at all. And I, I I literally, like I said when I read this, I went straight into criminal mind mode. Like, yeah. I'm like, you know. Where the unsubs at? Whether let me see some forensic evidence. What's, what's the you know something ain't right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something's not right at all. Because even if it wasn't, I mean, you're talking about more than three. So let's just say five of them are runaways. You still got five. Like there's too many patterns here to for this not to be something. And we don't know if the FBI is a part of this or not. But at the same time. We don't know because it hasn't been on the news, right? And, it actually, and how many? I, I missed it. How many of them have come back home? I missed that part. Or um, they said several. So in my mind, I just assumed that was about three. Um, right. I was going to say the same thing. Several is three. <laughs> yeah. so Out of ten, a number on either of the um, articles. There's about three or four articles that I, I came across, and uh, what I what I did think was great, uh, a silver lining, was that um, it took a few women to start tweeting about it, and I mm-hmm. mean they really just came hard. Like, you know, y'all might not know these stories, but here's some pictures of these girls that's missing in D.C., and that's what really even brought any kind of attention to it and then there was you know one 
Um, the one article uh, from a, a young lady who kind of shared, you know, who wanted to shed some light on it, but she basically was writing about the fact that these people had to tweet to get national attention. So we can see the power of social media, but why would that take, you know, somebody that's not even involved to say, hey, this is weird, let me start a, you know, start a tweet to get some attention versus the correct authorities. Rashad, you, you, you quiet over there. What you what you thinking? I think it's bogus that they're not giving news about this. But at the same time, you know, I'm like everybody else. The first thing I did was look to see what color they was. And then when you see what color it is, then you're like, you know, well, maybe I understand why they're not giving it no sunshine. And then, you know, uh, that's when you put on your whole cap hat. So, you know, <laughs> after, I, after I was whole cap for about five minutes. I was I was pretty much over it. But at the same time, like I said, that's bogus, man. They need to go on and put that story out there and let folks know what's going on and let us know why. And I think I watch too many of the uh, the spoof shows now, like the, the stuff like Prison Break. I think everything is a hoax now, you know, and with Trump in office, like, it's just hard for me to believe anything nowadays. Like, it's all shenanigans. I expect it now. You know what I mean? At first, you would have thought you was in the twilight zone, but now, now I expect all of it. Like I expect the things to be just blah. Bad. That's just the zone. Like, <laughs> you know, the twilight know, is the zone at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> it's real. Oh, it's real. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I think it's horrible. I'm not trying to take no light away from it by these little giggles, but I think it's horrible, man. And I, I mean, I don't get. Why it's not getting any exposure, but in the same token, wink, wink, I get it. I see y'all. I, I see you. You think you're slick. And does anybody, mm-hmm. either either of you, and I, I probably will just do some research more on it, do either of you know what the protocol is for the Amber Alert? Or, you know, anybody in the audience? Uh, when it go down, it? put it in the screen. I would hope that's the the protocol when it happens. Put it in the screen. What are we waiting for? Yeah. Nobody wants so to, I, you don't want us waiting. Like, it's your baby. So right. not, you better so put it in the screen. Say it immediately. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out who dropped the ball. And why did you drop the okay, ball? Okay, so you I know, just. particular girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just, yeah, you're right. So I just Googled it, and it says that the law enforcement agency believes that the child is in, if the law enforcement agency has to believe that the child is in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. There is enough descriptive information about the victim and the abduction for law enforcement to issue an AMBER alert to assist in the recovery of the child. The abduction is of a child aged 17 years or younger. Um, that was just a little first blurb that they had. But, you know, even when you as, a, if you as a parent go in and try and report your baby missing within an hour or two, they tell you you still have to wait 24 hours. And you can know and know and know your baby hasn't gone anywhere. They haven't just roamed off. You can know your baby was taking and is missing, and you still have to wait the 24 hours before they actually file. Unless you can say, no, I saw somebody snatch my child. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I physically saw somebody. You still have to wait, which I think is ridiculous. It's it's yeah. crazy. That's it. Like like again, we watch Criminal Minds. How many times we know every minute is precious from the time you know that baby is gone. Like that part of that stuff that can't be 
all entertainment. That's the truth. That's just reality. Every moment that baby is gone, it's possible they could be further and further away from where they're supposed to be. Y'all waiting to hit a certain time frame? The time frame is now. <laughs> get it now. Go get my baby. So that's so that's the that's where the that's where the I guess the legal or the mm-hmm. um, the the process um, changes are is is makes it be an Amber Alert is because you have to have a description of the person. It has to be something that you know that they're in immediate danger that you know they've been snatched. So if a person, if a, if a child just doesn't come home or, you know, for a, a, a 24 hours or whatever, it's still not, a, it's still not going to ensue an Amber Alert if you can't say that they're in, they are in immediate danger. Yep. It says at the same time, each case must be appraised on its own merits and judgment and a judgment call made quickly. Law enforcement must understand that a best judgment approach based on the evidence is appropriate and necessary. That's them confirming an abduction. That's the, they have to take reasonable information into account from the parents and other people surrounding um, other people involved in the situation for them to be able to assess the situation quickly and make their decision right then but they use the best judgment scenario. So I guess that gives them a little more leeway than the, than the average 24-hour um, time frame that we have to deal with as far as missing children are concerned. Um, you know, but I think if that's the case, if we can make this caveat for the Amber Alert, then we should be able to do the same thing when it comes to missing children. Like you should be able to take best judgment and tell, look, my baby's with me. I know my child. You know, they're not, they're not gone anywhere. And what's the, that's what we pay them for. And I, I get the whole you know, you might be able to, there's resources if the baby did just run away, but you know what? That little portion of my tax dollars, I, I'd like to be able to allocate that to find my child as opposed to all the other dumb stuff that my money goes to. You got a little bit, find a couple folks and go look for my baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, when you give me all of these political reasons and start break, giving me numbers in comparison to people, a lot of that time you're going to lose me. Most of the time you're going to lose me every time when it comes down to numbers versus people. Like, go get Go find the people. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. I don't get that. So I, and I, I guess that also um, makes me understand why the the chief of police and the other authorities, um, have been mayor in an article, why they're so bent on saying that there had been an increase in runaways because that gives them, um, that gives them justification for not making this public. So. They can say, well, we have to, you know, there's been an increase in, in runaway. So the evidence, you know, points to that these, these teens very well, you know, might be runaways. I mean, they did kind of try to clean it up and say that, you know, even if it is a runaway situation, that it may be some other kind of, you know, terror going on in that specific city or, or you know, something that's luring. Um, they even use that term that may be luring, you know, these this demographic of children to you know to it, um, but you know you you just never really know. I just I think it's important to to shine light on it so that anybody in that you know the people that are in that area, you know they can you know if nothing else talk to their children that you know that are teens that fit the description, kind of get back to that stranger danger thing because you know we we don't we don't hear those type of things a lot anymore. They were national campaigns when we were growing up, but I think sometimes when we let that stuff, we become lackadaisical and let it fly, that that does open up, you know, opportunities for people, for just people who just aren't good people. 
to come in and try to, you know, push their agenda. So, you know, we just don't know. I, I'm glad that the people who who did push it and, and, and got it out there so that, you know, someone, you know, people in our part of the country can know what's going on. And, and they may have stopped some, you know, some type of ring from getting started. We know that human trafficking is very real. If there's any kind of sign of that, you know, maybe they deterred it a little bit or for a little while at least. That's my that's my take on it. And we'll be praying for DC and and uh the rest of the children that haven't been found, you know, we pray that they're found and return to their families safely. And I think it's time for some more music. Yep. We have Control Freak by Miss Leah Joel up next. So
All right. That was Leah Joel with Control Free. Now, it is time for our hot hour, the hour of power, the fire time. And that is brought to you by none other than Miss Sicily Victoria. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. Hey, real quick, before we before we bring um, her on, um, let me remind everybody that next, that you guys, that we are selling out of tickets for the, um, the Global Drive Live Forum in Chicago. Um, so I need you guys to get your tickets right away. So if you go to uh, Eventbrite and look up Global Drive Live Forum, You'll find it. Uh, tickets are $25. We're going to have an awesome panel. we got Kenneth Sean uh, is going to be joining us on the panel. Uh, we've got um, uh, Shanir Austin, who is an author. He's going to be joining us. Then uh, we've got Jasmine Turner, who's the CEO of Black Match Made. She's a, um, she, uh, uh, she's going to hook you up and get you. Uh, so she's a dating well, I forgot what, what, about, what am I trying to say? Matchmaker. There it is. The matchmaker. Um, and then, of course, we've got Lasagna Burnett, who is the CEO of um, of Just Us Hair Salon, and she is a fireball. So if y'all been catching her questions all week, you know, um, it's going to be real and raw. And so uh, we also going to have food. And I'm not, not talking about no finger foods. We're going to have some good food. Uh, we got... Uh, drinks are going to be served, alcoholic and non-alcoholic, so definitely get your tickets at eventbrite.com today for um, the event on March, excuse me, April the 8th in Chicago. Also, if you guys haven't gotten your copy of Nouveau Exposure magazine, y'all want to do it now. So um, I was just telling, telling, the, telling the team, so far, we like I said, we have literally set records in these last two days. With almost a thousand, <clears throat> a thousand views of our magazine in two days, uh, in six different countries. So that's like awesome. So definitely make sure you guys. Uh, Avatar Gray, who is the wife of John Gray, um, is on the cover. We got a bunch of great, um, great articles. So go to newboyexposure.org and get that done today. All right. So my fault for last time uh, for the fire starter herself. Passion talk with Miss Cicely Victoria. So we're going to let her do a Passion International. So go ahead and take us away, ma'am. Hey, Scoop team. How we doing, Scoop family? Can you hear me? Hey, now. Hey. Hey, how we doing? How we doing, my favorite people? Y'all good? You. Good. You, you, you. Yes, ma'am. You said what? What was was that coming in? Oh, I was just saying, yes, ma'am. We here. Ready to go for you. <laughs> okay, cool. I thought somebody was uh, uh, thought somebody was giving a statement. Okay, y'all. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you everyone for having me. This is Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. My business is to help train and equip people to find their voice of identity so they can stop people pleasing and be empowered, encourage confidence and communication. I'm a certified professional coach, a counselor as well, you guys. I'm the queen of empowerment, and I set people's lives on fire for a living. That's why they call me the fire starter. So welcome to Passion Talk, everyone, where we're giving you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. So this week's segment 
for Passion Talk, we're going to actually do something a little different in regard to uh, a mini-series, okay? So I'm actually, I um, have the privilege of being with my school family this week and next week, two weeks in a row, where typically it will be biweekly. So I figured I would do a two-parter. Um, so we're going to do part one today, tonight, uh, this week, and then we're going to do part two on next week, okay? And so it is officially spring. Happy spring to everyone. And um, in this changing of the seasons, in this seasonal time where things are changing, um, it is a very, also a very vulnerable time um, for some people. And um, I'm always sensitized to, to people and how they deal with change, how most most humans aren't well equipped in dealing with change, even changing of seasons, which even activates the changing of other things, just transition and a lot of people going through transition and changes and closures and openings and all of these different types of things going on, such is life, right? Um, but everyone, you know, doesn't always go through it as well as they would like, so I just wanted to give some practical tools as far as what you can do in order to know the secrets to a satisfied soul. So that's going to be our feature, okay, secrets to a satisfied soul, part one. All right, so let's go ahead and start with understand what it means to be satisfied. Okay, so you know I'm a wordsmith, so you know I like to give, you know, um, the denotation, connotation, dissection, right, of different words. So let's talk first about what it means to be satisfied. So some synonyms of being satisfied means being certain, means being compensated, means being contented, convinced, filled, fulfilled, gratified, happy, paid, positive, quenched. I really like that one quench and requited, okay, a satisfied soul. A lot of people, um, you know, everyone has a soul. A soul is universal to all humans, right, but a lot of them aren't satisfied, I would say. And so I would I would want, even in the changing and the transitioning of seasons, to help my people and encourage our our scoop um our scoop listeners in order to know how to uh be one that has a more satisfied soul and satisfied positioning. But a lot of people just don't understand what the ingredients of that is or how it looks to even to know if I'm on the right track. So the fire starters here help out in that regard. Number one Number one, you have to have vulnerability, vulnerability, okay? Vulnerability is synonymous also with humility. Listen, a lot of people, um, they their souls aren't satisfied because they've not opened themselves up enough to be vulnerable enough to even give out or to receive. I'm going to be, um, you know, tell a little bit of my testament as I, as I talk mm. to you today and uh, be uh, be real disclosing about this. You know, I was one in times past that was so fearful of being vulnerable. I thought vulnerability was for the weak. I thought it was uh, for those who, you know, have feelings on their sleeves. I was not one that tangled too well with emotions. I didn't dance with emotions very well in my times past because I thought that it caused, uh, it provoked people to take advantage of me. It provoked people to get the, the better end of me. But truly, um, one who does not um, get low on purpose is what I like to say. Humility mm-hmm. is getting low on purpose or opening up oneself on purpose. Purpose, being accountable on purpose. That word vulnerability also means to be open, open to moral 
verbal criticism on purpose, um, it it allows you to relax your hold. Okay, please hear me. Okay, so I'm I'm really penetrating the soul. Okay, on Passion Talk today, so we have to learn how to relax our hold. So many people, and this goes back to the um, issues that we deal with fear and trying to you know keep our own selves together. That we think we're so uh, much in control, but we're really not even starting. You know, saying to have the liber the liberated life. We think we have freedom, but it's truly bondage. And so we really have to number one open up ourselves of vulnerability, being humble enough, getting low on purpose, to be open to, you know, take in life um, for all that it's worth. Right, for all this work, so to not pre- try to prevent pain, prevent harm, and things of this nature, but learn more so how to navigate and how to manage appropriately so that you can be a better steward of your soul. This is what it's about. So a lot of people um, like try to prevent the bad things from coming in, but they don't understand that it is the storms that actually are conditioned to make you in order to um, know how to better be a better steward, be a better manager, be a net, better navigator. So that word humility, just in case people don't understand what that means, that means a lack of pride. That means lowliness. That means meekness. That means mortification. Oh, my goodness. Putting to death some things. Non-resistance. Obedience. It means reserve. It means resignation. It means um, self-abasement. So you're doing all of these things. It sounds very intentional. It sounds very intentional. Let me tell you something. I promise you, humility will never happen on accident. Oh, I promise you that. Human being, one being humble, that doesn't come by accident. That is a very intentional act, okay? You make a choice, right, to be vulnerable, and you make a choice to be humble. So that's the number one secret. Number two, you need to be honest, okay? You need to learn to be honest. So many people, we've discussed this in a sense um, before, but so many people are um, so unidentified, and they're just trying to, you know, clean up their outsides, but they're are hypocrite, as I say to themselves on the inside. They're a contradiction all day long. What you see on the outside is truly not the peace that resonates on the inside, on the outside. They may look like they have it all going on, all having it together. Everything is in la-la land, but on the inside, they are in turmoil, they are in uproar, they are in hurricane, they are a volcano, they are a ticking time bomb. So when you have to be honest with yourself, and what I, um, and in my value system is trust, truth, and integrity. Those are all synonymous with honesty, trust, truth, and integrity. And what does that mean? Integrity, let's talk about that for a moment. Integrity is a state of being whole, entire, and undiminished. You know, I talk, I'm the queen of identity, so I talk about identity all the time. We learn to know how to be honest with uh, who we really are. Right, and who we are not, okay? It is uh, uh, adherence. Your integrity is adherence to a moral, moral and ethical principles, your moral character, your honesty. What is your ethical code? What can people count on you for? Where is your faithfulness and your loyalty? Where is your stream of consistency? All of that is where we would also find your honesty, truth, um, trust, and integrity. If you are an individual, who cannot be counted on. See, I understand that, you know, sometimes we don't like predictability because that's boring, but there are some measures in life where we want you to be predictable. 
If you say that you are a man or woman of your word, we want you to be predictable there to actually be able to follow through. If you say you're going to do a thing, we want you to be predictable and actually know that we can count on you doing it. If you say that, you know, X, Y, Z, so your word truly is bond in that regard. We have to learn to be a people who are honest and have trust, truth, and integrity, first and foremost with ourselves and then with our fellow man. If you do that, I promise you, you will have a satisfied soul. That's a secret to a satisfied soul. It's a perfect condition. It's virtue. It's honor. So all of those things we have to first of all, people don't know how to be honest with other people because they lie to themselves day in and day out. They cheat on themselves all day long because they have no alignment. They have no consistency. They have no stream of uh, to track them. You can't track them. They're all over the place. They're drama kings and queens. Listen, it's time out, right? If you're not a teenager, Okay, only teens get a pass. I say teens get a pass. We're kids, drama kings and queens. But if you're not a teenager, then you, it's time to put the big girl draws and big boy draws on and learn to be a people who can be counted on and trusted in. That's the um, second secret. The third secret is introspection. Introspection. Introspection is an observation or examination of one's own mental and emotional state. Listen, a lot of times we don't like to look at ourselves. A lot of times we don't like to look at the uh, ugly stuff that's going on the inside of us. A lot of times we don't like to admit our own insanity. Hello. Come on. And so we try to put it on other people, right? And we so we go around in our relationships sometimes and we deflect and defer, and we try to act, uh, make other people out to be crazy when we the, we the ones that's really jacked up. All right. So we have to be, once you learn, listen, these things are in successive order. Please track with me. When you learn how to be vulnerable and have humility, you can enter into a realm of honesty, trust, truth, and integrity. And then when you do that, you are willing and able to have a greater level of introspection to your own self to see, to, to, to measure your soul health. To, to really measure that thing. You can measure how healthy your soul is. Do you know that? You can really measure how healthy your soul I mean, really, how mentally stable am I? How emotionally stable am I? Do, would I be an asset or a liability in someone's life right now? Do I need to be joining myself in any type of relationship, uh, intimate, romantic, friendship, uh, whatever it is in order to, would I be an addition to someone's life or a subtraction? These are honest questions we can ask ourselves. But most people don't do that. They just, you know, um, are impulsive and, you know, somebody show them a little attention and, and they think that they shifted and came in. But, no, you need to really assess, okay, is it my time? Right, to be joining forces with someone. And, and am I an emotional and mental state well enough to do that? Uh, when you have introspection, it's deep thought. How deep are your thoughts towards yourself? Consider that. It's heart searching. Have you searched your heart lately? It's meditation, it's reflection, it's rumination, it's scrutiny, it's doing surgery on your own self. Stop trying to do surgery on other people so much. And how about take that scalpel and apply it to yourself? Measure your heart. Circumcise your own heart. 
And finally, the, that's the third secret, introspection. And the fourth secret, where we're going to close for this part one, is awareness. Remember, it's in successive order, and it's increasing and progressive as it goes. So once we go from vulnerability and humility, then we can have honesty, trust, truth, and integrity. And then the third round, we can look internally and have introspection. And then when we have introspection, you can have the qualifications and the power to have greater levels of awareness. Number four is awareness. What is awareness? It is acquaintance. It's alertness. It's aliveness. It's appreciation. It's apprehension. It's attention. It's uh, cognizance, comprehension. It's consciousness. It's enlightenment. It's familiarity. It's information. It's keenness. It's discernment. It's mindfulness. It's perception. It's realization. It's recognition. It's sensibility. All of these things, listen, the power of awareness will catapult your relationships to a whole nother level only if you do the first three secrets. See, people like to cheat and cut the process, but you cannot cheat the game. You cannot cheat on your own process. So you got to go through the first three tiers before you can become an individual that can become more alert and aware about your surroundings because you spend so much time with yourself and, and everything, you know, we're all common to all humans. Humans is universal, right? So that means what? Once you have done yourself the due diligence and the honor to spend that time with yourself, your external relationships are automatically going to benefit because you have a greater level of awareness to know of yourself well enough so that you will know how to keep your own self in check. You have a lo- another level of self-control that will not bring damage or dishonor to other people because you know how to check yourself. See, that's the issue we have in a lot of our relationships. People don't know how to check themselves first. Because they have not um, done introspection well enough to know what my triggers are, what my sensitivity is. They don't even know how to communicate to another person if they ask them the right questions. They just, you know, would say, well, figure it out. I don't know. No, we need to learn how to deal with ourselves well enough where if somebody asks you a question about you, be well able to give an account for what you believe. Hello. So so we have to become a more aware people. And this we do all of those four, um, those four things, you guys, those will be four added secrets to a satisfied soul that will set your life ablaze. I promise you. It will set your relationships ablaze. It will set your money ablaze. It will set your mind ablaze. It will give you a satisfied soul like you've never experienced, and you will want for no thing. That is part one, you guys, the secrets to a satisfied soul. I'll say it again. You need to have vulnerability and humility. Okay, that's number one. You need to have, number two, honesty, trust, truth, and integrity. That's all synonymous, right? That's all number two. Number three, you got to be introspective. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Okay, stop being afraid of looking at it. We we get it so afraid. We don't like to look at ugly stuff, but you need to look at the ugly because if you treat it right, it is what will make you beautiful. But you got to look at it first. And number four, you have awareness of your surroundings. You got a greater level of sensitivity about your relationship. You know when to shut your mouth and say nothing when you are you know you are really um, tempted to speak. Right? You you have. A, an awareness of other people. Well, I know 
how this individual is, so I'm going to be mindful of my words. You just don't fly off at the at the lip, right, with everything. You just don't fly off on the handle. You know how to put sugar on your words. You know how to season and salt your words, right, so they can be readily accepted. See, these are all secrets. And so we need to become people who are, are in these dealings so we can have a satisfied soul and we can make, bring satisfaction to our world, everyone. So I'll just leave Victoria. Hey, I'm the queen of empowerment. I set people's lives on fire for a living. This is part one of Secrets to a Satisfied Soul. Questions or comments yeah, before yeah. I check out of here. All right. All right. So, if no questions or comments, listen. listen I want on, you all to wait, tune wait, in for. Wait, wait, yes, wait, go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, come on here. <laughs> I got to listen. As, as, in the words of, of, of Dr. Jamal Bryant, preach, black woman. You. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're going to help the people with their problems. We're we going to become better. We're going to be a better people. We're going to be a better people. Yes, we are. Wow. Yes. So, listen, yeah, these these are secrets to meditate on. Your life work is to meditate. Your life work is to put these into practice this week as we um, culminate the latter four on next week. But I want you to meditate on the principles that are given out, and then I want you to practically put them into your world. I want you to open up in a space of vulnerability as you never had before. I want you to humble yourself in a space that you know you've been proud in intentionally. Hello. I want you to be honest, a little bit more honest with your uh, and trust truth and have a little bit more integrity in certain areas. I want you to circumcise yourself in a space in your own life. Have some introspection. I want you to look at something that you haven't looked at in a while, but everybody keeps everybody else keep pointing it out. And then I want you to say how your awareness of things, how your world just opens up and it increases because you've done the necessary due diligence to satisfy your soul. Mm, that's some good stuff, y'all, if I may say so myself. Hey, Listen, until next week. Okay, we got hot topics coming up. We got to see space for that. You know I love you a lot. Listen, everyone, if no other questions or comments, you know how to reach me. You can drop me. Um, please like me on Facebook on Firestarter Passion. Um, you can look, uh, look me up there, Passion International, Firestarter Passion at gmail.com. That's my email. You can reach out to me. Listen, when knows how to reach me. You know I love you guys. Um, I want you to stay in purpose. I want you to stay in power. I want you to stay in passion. I want you to stay on fire. Hey, this is a fire study, y'all. Okay, I'm the queen of empowerment, and uh, I want you to stay passionate and get lit. How about it? Hey. Until Good next time. <laughs> Peace out. Okay, little pistol starter. <laughs> she gives it to every time. <laughs> wow, that was good. That was good. All right, we got next song. What's the next song, cousin? So our next song comes to you from Anthony J, and it's called Her. Brand new music, so let's go on and give it an ear and a try. Wait, what song is this? I'm sorry. Say it one more time. Her. It's called Her by Anthony J. I don't think we got that one. <laughs> 
We didn't get it. Uh-uh. Okay, so it's called Chris Brown. By Timothy. Stay 
That was Chris Brown by Killer B. I like that song. I like that song. I love, I love that song. Baby Daddy's name in it. Oh my goodness. It is time for our good hot topic, which is a combination of two young ladies. This one would be our own Kels and also Tracy. So this question is, men, do you care if a woman wears her hair natural or in a weave? If you do, what do the styles say about that woman? Now, everybody feel free to call in. The number is 929-477-2304. Press 1 to talk. Cuzzo, you up first. If you be the first guy, I guess I'll go second and then we'll pass the microphone. <laughs> well, I said I said on the post, I don't I'm not the guy like I I don't care. Do what you want. Um yeah, I don't have any the only thing I, I, I ask for a couple of things when it comes to hair. Number one don't make it take all day if we're trying to go somewhere. If we're trying to go somewhere, can we please leave on time so we can get what we got to get to? Mm-hmm. Number two, can you please, can you please find the nicest, bestest helmet <laughs> to wear at night? That's what I call it the head scarf. It's what I call it the helmet of salvation. I know you gotta wear it. You gotta wear it. I don't care. And then number three, don't do the eyelashes. My, I don't like the eyelashes. Them big long eyelashes, like bunny eyes, looking crazy. That's that's blinky blink. Yeah, like a damn rabbit. Silly. I prefer, um, I prefer variety. So some days where, you know, if you want to be natural, do the natural. If you want to do it short, do the short. If you want to do it, wear a wig today, do a wig. I'm not, I used to not be, a, I used to be, a, I used to hate braids. Now I, I don't care. Do what you got to do. Do what you enjoy doing. I'm with it. Do a blonde wig today. Do a, you know, mm-hmm. take it off. The I don't care. I'm easy. It's called variety. <laughs> Make it look neat. So what do you say? What do you say? Make it nice and neat. <laughs> that's not I care. So that's my opinion. I think what it says. I'm says what it says about me is that it ain't my that I understand that that women go through phases and that keeping up hair, no matter what style it is, is difficult. And so <laughs> I don't want to have to, I don't have to, I don't want to have to keep it up. But I also understand that for a lot of women, that your hair is a part of A, your personality, and B, how you feel about yourself. And so I need mm-hmm. you to feel as good about yourself in every possible way, because so that way it doesn't, you know, so it doesn't affect other stuff. Like, I want you to feel good. That's it. If that means, you know, now, now I will say this. If a certain style doesn't look good 
on a certain person, now I will express that. I will express that. Like, that just don't look good on you. But do you? I don't like hair that doesn't look like it could have been grown from an actual person at some point. That's kind of where I draw the line, like where it looks artificial. I don't have any issue with weave. I don't. I personally have been relaxed, and I'm now natural at this point. Ain't no way in the world I'm going back to relaxed hair simply for the health benefits of it. And like now that I've been natural so long, I don't even like the way that I really look with straight hair. So relaxed just flat out does not fit my personality anymore. Um, but I'm not. I'm not one of those natural Nazis who's gonna come behind you and be like, no, 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 you can't. You know, you can't say that. You, you, you relax though. Like you know, you're just anti-black or anti-whatever because you've decided to relax your hair. My whole issue with weaves and, and wigs and all that is if they don't look like people should have them on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't that, – that's the thing just for me, period. I, I like things that look like people could actually at one point have grown that hair. Um, so, you know, the, the crazy colors and, you know, those types of things are a turnoff to me personally, meaning I wouldn't wear them – on my personal head, but I'm not going to knock a person for wearing them on, on their head. I just, I think appropriateness has to have something to do with it as far as like where you're going. I'm a strong believer in there's a time and place for everything. Um, personal expression is all fine and well, but you know, I believe that there, like I said, there's a time and place for everything. So your weekend hair doesn't always get to be your Monday through Friday hair, <laughs> but when it comes down to like a, a preference with a man, how, how men, View it. I think um, I think there kind of has to be some leeway given there to a certain extent because it is her hair and it's attached to us. And there is a lot of there is a lot, like you said, when that it's tied to our personality for a very long time. And still, sometimes I think because I'm I'm quick to pull out a wig. Y'all know I'll make me a wig in a minute. But my hair is my accessory, my favorite accessory. It changes, you know, like if some women change shoes. That's how I was with hair for a while. And when I met my husband, I told him, honey, you can have a new chick every night if that's what you like. I got a box as tall as me full of hair. Like, that's not, that's not an issue. So <laughs> for a lot of women, it's just a matter of, it is just an accessory. So I think if, if she is not tied to her weave, like you never get to see her without it, you only get to see her, you know, looking prim and proper and, and cool, I think that's, that's something else. But that's bigger than just her hair. That's attached to something else. That's. A, an issue that doesn't have much to do with her hair at all. There's an attachment to what she feels that hair does for her. So I think sometimes that's what men take issue with, that women spend so much time obsessing and fussing over something that they really don't, they just rather see you. And because if it could get you out of the house faster or we could get where we're going and not have to be going back and forth with your hair, I think a lot of the times that would ease a lot of that with men, but we spend so much time and effort in just getting our head together. Like, I can see where it's irritating. And now that I'm natural, I really look at it and be like, ooh, child, how much life have I wasted in front of a doggone mirror <laughs> trying to get some hair together? But, you know, I see it I see it as, you know, there needs to be a little relaxing um, done from the men folk, and I think that we're coming back. If, if you don't like weaves and stuff, there's a movement happening. Natural hair is coming back. We're, we're figuring, we have to relearn how to take care of our hair. Y'all kind of got to bear with us, especially our age range. We came up in a generation of relaxing was like a milestone for us. Like we grew up and was looking forward to getting out of the ponytails and balls and hair barrettes and getting our wraps and our, you know, our big girl hair. 
And for that, that included getting a relaxer or whatever your chemical process was going to be. So there's the 30-somethings, you know, something like that. We, it's a mind shift that has to happen for us because that is what, uh, that's all we knew. You know what I'm saying? So now that we're learning more about it and getting more confidence, gaining more confidence, we need more brothers to be like, yeah, rock that. But then don't bash those women who choose to still wear that, wear weaves or wigs or whatever the case may be, because that's a long, that's a long process that we have to go through. It's not as simple as saying, oh, we don't do that no more. Oh, okay. Like, no, you get used to looking at yourself for a certain way, a certain way for years and years and years. That's a, that's a shock that has to, that happens. So just bear that in mind, fellas. <laughs> just take that into account, please. And thank you. Is it my turn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. No, no. <laughs> you know, hair is my thing, so. Hey. That's it. it. It is no secret where I stand on this one. And mm-hmm. the reason why I don't always explain, but I can definitely do so. I would also like to give credit to a young man they call Thomas because he did a good job of explaining it. And, I mean, he nailed it. But, um, First and foremost, I just like when your hair is done, but I am not a fan of weaves. I like your hair, your head, your hair. Um, Shouts out to the hot comb. Bring back the hot comb. Um, um, What else? Uh, Like Thomas said, man, there is power in a woman wearing hair out of her own head. There was a time where on TV all the black women wore their hair out of their head. There was no weave. And, like, you know, somewhere along the line that started to transcend, change, and then, like, time changed, and it was just something totally different. And, yes, the problem is that a lot of women are attached to that hair to the point where it becomes them. And then it becomes a, they're ashamed of that that comes out of their head. You know what I mean? So, like, even if you can't grow but a snap pee of hair out your head, you can do something with it. You know what I mean? Get some baby dreads. Get a nice little fade. Do something. Like, I mean, don't be ashamed of your little butternut. Just just do something with it, man. But see, listen to even the way that you're describing that. Like, as a woman, to hear I mean, a man that could potentially be a suitor, we don't want them to I'm describe our head as little butternut. Like, listen I'm to a that. <laughs> because that's what we, those are the memes that get shared around. Like, look at that little bit of slicker piece of hair that she got on there. You know, she could have wigged that. You know, it's a wig for that. Like, we roast women publicly for just being I mean I'm just I feel you I hear you and I know that the the root of what you're saying is 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 wholesome and great but you just made a very good point as to why that's so hard for women to break out of that like there is so much based on our physical appearance where you could have the whole world just find you a screenshot you could be feeling so fly with your little butternuts as you call them post your picture somebody steal it and it's in roast groups all across the United States and you just feeling good about yourself trying to be you you know what I'm saying like that's that's our society even off of social media like it happens face to face for us so, like, y'all, just as much as you love the natural, there's men who hate natural hair. That look at women who are natural and be like, ugh. 
You know, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I get you. And I didn't mean to, I'm sorry for cutting you out, but I wanted to make that point. And even what you were saying right there, like, that right there is why it's hard to make that transition. They don't call it a transition for nothing, babe. That's a mind shift that has to happen. But okay, I'm going to shut up now, for real. I'm muting myself, like, in real life. This- <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I'm for real. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I know it's a lot of work goes into that, and I know that there are people that you know don't like natural, weird. I mean, it's like not like a chicken. Like really, <laughs> where they make you at? But I mean, I'm just saying. I, <laughs> It's, it's so much better because, to me, they like women that, that wear their hair naturally are like, like they have a powerful ambiance about themselves. Like they they move different, you know what I mean, as opposed to <laughs> not saying, mm-hmm. you know, women that wear weave don't move in boss way. But, I mean, nine times out of ten, I don't know, man. It, it's goofy. It's, it's, it's all goofy. Yeah, it's all goofy. That's, that's all of us. It's all goofy. I like natural. That's what I do. I like natural. I do. <laughs> but it's your head. Wear it how you want to. And we love you back. If you pretty, you pretty. <laughs> and there it is. But I like natural. I will argue I'll, for that part. I was going to come get you, man. I was going to leave you out there. No. Nah, I saw myself going in about the 12 feet, and I was like, right, you know what? <laughs> I already dove. I'm going to go and swim to the side, and if I'm going to dive, I'm going to just dive again. <laughs> but I ain't going to go lower. <laughs> I'm not going to swim lower. Like say, come on back now. Come on back. Don't do it. What's the phone number again if people want to call in and talk about it? Nine two. Oh, we got a call. It's 929-477-2304. We got a call her. Caller 
have her hair short and keep it that way. A lot of women cut it and then they're, they're in the process of growing it back. Um, but there are some women out there that don't want to grow it back. Is that a big deal for men? That's my question. Hello? Yeah, you want to go first or you want me to go first? You go first. You got it. Okay, so now that I'm back in four feet of water, um, what we're going to say is is that, uh, to me, short hair isn't a deal breaker. I like short hair. Um, as far as, you know, styling and haircuts and all of that stuff, I mean, women find a way to do all that stuff and contour it to their head. As far as people making jokes about it, people going to make jokes about you if you got long hair. They're going to say that it's weed. They're going to say it's not all yours. So, I mean, either way it goes, people are going to make jokes regardless, and that's kind of just a, you know, a, a picking on the girl by the sandlot type thing. That's never going to stop. That's just, you know, uh, bully flirting. If you, if you, I mean, because it's really nothing else to really call it. But it's like bully flirting. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's like they pushing on you, but at the same time, he's flirting because he's saying that's the only bit of time that he's getting to even stand around you. And if you're giving it to him to stand around you and say something that you don't want to hear, and you're standing there long enough to hear it, that's the only time that he really is even giving Grant to stand around you. So he's going to say whatever he wants, whether good or bad. So, I mean, but me personally, I don't mind. I like short hair. I like long hair. I like your hair. Not the bag. Your <laughs> hair. Possession is nine nine tenths of the law. Okay. Oh, yeah, I got the is. receipt. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest. That as a is man, the rule. I don't have any as a man, I have no issue. I think for me again it goes I don't have any issue. Do what you what you do, do it's comfortable for you, do it makes you feel good. Like I said, my only exception to that, my only real serious exception is if if I think that a style, a specific style, does not look good on a specific person, I will express that. Uh, other than that, do you? Do you? I don't. I don't have any issue at all. Short hair, long hair. I don't. I don't care. And if you are questioning, if you want to walk into the transition world of natural hair, you can visit elegancebydesign.com, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, but a beautiful youth is our specialty. We get you right, folks. Come see me. <laughs> I didn't get that in earlier, you see. It's all about timing. Timing is everything. <laughs> it is everything. Yes. No, I have no – as a man, I have no problem. I don't think – you know what? Like I said, when I was younger – I had an issue. Now I don't. Nope. I've seen some beautiful bald women. I've seen some beautiful. Like mm. I don't care. See you. I mean, like I said, sandlot bullying. I've made jokes about girls with hair, without hair, with mid a middle bit of hair, uh, a ball of hair, a butternut, I, a butternut, whatever you want to call them. I, I made all kind of jokes. What so, is a I mean, butternut? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I need to Google that real quick. What is, is that? What peanut butter comes from? They exist. I apologize <laughs> for all of us. I mean, it's our way of flirting. We look at y'all face more than we look at your hair, anyway. Like, like it was said, ain't nobody care what your hair look like. If you really gonna date him, 
He might suggest some hairdos, but hit by hats or whatever. He don't care what your hair looks like. If he likes it, he likes it. You're right. Yep. Is Nene still there? Yep. I'm still here, so I just pulled up in my apartment. <laughs> oh, <we're laughs> <about that. laughs> I was making sure you heard the answer. I was making sure. Yeah, I did. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, for me personally, it's not, I don't care what nobody say. I cut it because I don't feel like combing my hair every day. So it is what it is. Don't right. like it. Uh, I don't. Right. I don't care. But I know there's some women that have cut it, and they're they were hesitant about it, and then they get all this like backlash about it, and it's like, well, and it's actually not just from the men; it's from the mm-hmm. women too. They, they'll yeah. back. They'll get all this backlash about it. And I'm like, ugh. Like it might not have nothing to do with her hairstyle. It might have something to do with something because I know me personally, it had more to do with confidence things than it did with the actual hairstyle. So that I hate this that and then I see men doing it but a lot of men do it when they get rejected too which I know that's a whole nother yeah because they think they're beautiful they say no and then they all of a sudden oh well you bald headed anyway I was bald headed when you tried to talk to me in the first place sir pretty much much. alright man thanks for calling in (laughs) So thanks, Nene. Is it my time to speak on it? (laughs) Um, Well, the my I appreciate the men's answers because I I thought I thought it was something that I really was I was shocked uh, at having a conversation about um, going between natural to weave um, because I have been natural. I've been natural for a while, but um, I recently got a weed because I wanted a particular hairstyle, and I was shocked when I found out that, well, when I had a particular discussion about, you know, if someone, if a man uh, was interested in you with your natural hair, if he sees you, you know, changing it up that drastically with the weave or something like that, he might think something different. And so... That's what kind of sparked the question, and I think that, you know, I I do think that sometimes hair is just an expression just like clothes, you know. um, It can be, it could be a serious, serious as a spiritual thing for you, or it could just be, you know, that's how you feel in that day, but, um. I will say that I um, am going back to my locks because the Bob was not cooperating with me in my workout. <laughs> so instead of doing the, instead of the old way where we were you like, gotta oh, let it go. I'm not going to work out because my hair is going to be messed up. I took the high road and said, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to ruin this good hair uh, by sweating it out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give her a break and um you know, go ahead and get back to my natural so I can get my workout on. So but I do I do think that um you know, if you're interested if as a woman, if you're interested in a man and and he whether he's, you know, adamant about your hair or not, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, doing a little something something for him. If he if he takes an has an interest in saying, 
you know, oh, I, I think that's a cute hairstyle, or I like that hairstyle, or even if it's something you had in the past, and he's like, oh, when are you going to wear that again? I don't think it's, I think it's it's nice, and that's something that we can be able to to do um, in our culture with our hair, that we are able to change it up and not, mm-hmm. you know, don't always have to be anything drastic or, or life and death, but I appreciate the men for the, the candid conversation on it. And even, you know, Q with, with the products, you know. I appreciate you for the products because hey, hey. people don't know that. <laughs> I do I what I can do. With, I have a testimony <laughs> with Elegance by Design. That's what helped me uh, start to – that's what helped, That's what kept me from cutting and going back to creamy crack. Is when <laughs> I had to test it out. Uh, Elegance by Design. Um, this is Kells, and I always say that I have hair straight from the motherland, and I am very proud of my Naples now. But um, <laughs> it just me, you know, have the right hair, and Elegance by Design did help me with that. So that helped me with my journey of being natural, and you know, I stepped over to the other side for a little bit, but I'm back. That's what's up. And I thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's why we do what we do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, what we got next? Mm. What do we got next? (laughs) It's 950. It's not a We're about to wrap this thing on up. We're about to wrap it up. It's the how do we fix it time. That two hours I do want to throw in there though. While we one one more thing, because I know you uh, Winford, you you brought up one thing, and I will say, um, the the hair wrapping and the and the uh, the nightcaps and all that. Mm-hmm. I take those two, three, four, five times over if you wear natural hair. I take them twenty twenty times over the weave. Like, I don't know, man. Something about weave is just uncouth when you think about it. Like, it's not yours. It's somebody else's. Like, ugh. How many times can it be washed? Like, I mean, I have questions. You know what I mean? Who had? Where did it come from? How do you know? How do you know? You know what? Speaking of which, I, mean, I, I think the only thing that I would say is sometimes y'all they be washed. How many we, times? Like, is the rinse cycle on the back of the bag? Do it say thirty times washed? Mm-hmm. How many times? How many times yours was rinsed? That's that, that's what you should ask me. How many times was yours rinsed? Okay, <laughs> we need to know. <laughs> Wear it again. What Kel said, you, you're farther away. <laughs> I said, it depends on the hair. I said, some hair you can't wash and then wear it again. And it look nice. No. I put mm-hmm. it that way. <laughs> Invest, mm-hmm. ladies. Invest in mm-hmm. yourself. Don't. Yeah, hair some, hats are not hot. Go, yeah, some hair you got to go and throw that away. Let it go. But, yeah. But, you know, you're going to get some of that goddess. Rashad, you can watch that back. You know, you can watch that indefinitely. You can take that to the shop. Let them watch <laughs> and okay. that on out. My <laughs> return question is always, will women accept a man with a toupee? Why not? Why? We accept y'all wearing them. 
We said y'all wearing them dingy do What about what about the, the spray on hair? Say what about hair. the spray on hair? Y'all started that. That ain't us. Yeah. Are you asking? You saying that's us or y'all? I was gonna say that's for y'all. No, I said. <laughs> no, I said. said well, would y'all date a guy with spray on hair? If it looked natural. This is weird. You know what I have? Y'all go. I know y'all gonna get tired of me saying I have dated. <laughs> But <laughs> you dated somebody with spray on here? It wasn't spray on, it was roll on. Roll on? It was, oh, wow. It was roll on. It was roll on for um the beard and mustache. What? To, ma- to make like, it black. Like a deodorant roll on? Yeah, it looked like a little, you know how the cocoa butters come? That's what it looked like. Oh, no. A little roll on cocoa butter. And it was like dye for beard and for beard and mustache. And it didn't come off for nothing. I mean, you know, I didn't. I didn't have no no mustache stains on, on the sheets or nothing like that. But but you yeah, can really see that it was like yeah, roll on. <laughs> he put his hair on in front of you. Just too much, too much. If you can't grow it as a man, I'm talking about as a man. If you can't, why would you do that? Like, I'm no. not gonna sit and draw me a fade. I'm just not no. gonna do it. Because then I'm going to try to get creative. He Does he draw waves, gray. too? No, he just colored in the gray. Oh, I was going to say, so how do you draw oh, waves? Okay, that's different. <laughs> color in the gray is yeah, different. I'm talking about It's just like spray on hair. He just colored it. You know, he colored, colored over the gray. So that's why I said I don't think I would be. Now, if you, I mean, if you if you got the skills to draw on some waves, honey, more power to you. Have y'all seen these videos going around right now? Are these men with the new age? Like, boy, how are you going to be able to tell? Just like me tricking y'all, these men is tricking us up and all day. Like, ain't no way. With ain't no way, y'all. Yes. That, I mean. They spraying on edges. They spraying on edges. Yes. The beards and the mustaches, all all the beer gang. Yeah. No. The barbershop y'all, cartel. Y'all, y'all the beauty supply they gang. They up the floor and making bags in the back. <laughs> You can save to your own pocket, and that's my money mentor moment for the week. You go, there you go, there you go. Money mentor. You better learn how to scratch your own scalp. <laughs> and then having them folks with hair waiting on you. Who you think you are? Go home. I'd be mad if I was in the barber shop and I still had hair. And somebody that looked like me right now came in there trying to waste the barber's time, talking about some. Uh, can you uh, clean me up? Bro, if you don't go home, them sides cleaned up. Yeah, get them sides cleaned up. Boy, if you don't go home, go home. I'm telling you, you know, I'm telling. Listen, the 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 last time I went to the barber shop was the time I figured out I ain't had no. I'm like, I got a ball spot. He said, Yeah, I said, cut it all off. 
He turned it off. He's like, wait, what? He turned it off at one time. I ain't been back to the barber since. Since. Wednesday, wait, what? I got a what? No, because don't trim me, bro. Don't trim me. He was like, no, seriously. I said, cut it all mm-hmm. off. Yep. So, my dad yep. began his, his ball spots uh edged up for about twenty years now. Yeah, he got mm-hmm. his he keep his spot at the barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> Logan's growing up. I remember my dying days because the front of it started looking like bangs. Like I had waves, but the front was just starting to go forward. And I was like, No, they stringing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people tell us, I like your baby hair. Like I ain't got no baby hair. It's a damn breed. Left for the damn breed. <laughs> Had to wow. go on and clean this golf course off. Yeah. We was looking at a par two. I'm glad y'all brought that up because the next time somebody, the next time a man say something about a women wearing uh, girdles and stuff like that, I'm gonna say, okay, what about them do rags and them hats? Y'all be covering up them that ball spots. for real. Them ball spots. So, Somebody go ask me at work the other day, food? did I have on a do-rag? Come on, I had do-rag head. I felt so... <laughs> what? With what hair? What am I doing or ragging? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Waving the baby hair. All right, oh, we got... We got three minutes. You said what? I don't know. We got three minutes. Go ahead. Y'all go ahead and find the words. We got we got three minutes. Two minutes now. So, Kels, you can go ahead and go first. Find the words. I knew I was going first. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, as always, I always, I always enjoy the um, – the the passion talk that's that has become you know one of my one of my favorite segments. Um, I also like being enlightened about the news because we know some of us get so busy that we don't watch the news, uh, you know, in the morning. So definitely going to keep my eye on this uh, Columbia City Public Schools travesty. And so that is probably my biggest takeaway tonight. All right, Cuzzo. <clears throat> uh, keep it petty. That is all. Q. Um, I didn't get to say earlier today that as of today, officially today, you can go to elegancebydesign.com and all orders, $30 or more, automatically receive free shipping. No promo code, no special cutesy things to say, none of that. $30 or more, your shipping's on me. So elegancebydesign.com, you'll get your natural hair and skincare products. Thank you. All right, y'all. Have a great week. Thanks. I appreciate y'all. Uh, co-hosts appreciate it. I want to say also thank you to our entire Global Drive team. Um, y'all are amazing, and so I appreciate everybody that's a part of the team from from myself on down to the person who, to everybody. I don't leave nobody out, but I appreciate everybody. Behind-the-scenes people, I appreciate that. Thank you to all of our listeners. Um, I hope you guys are continue to enjoy the shows. Please definitely share this with somebody this week. Uh, my Scoop Nation, uh, we'll be back at it in the morning. Y'all have a good night. And uh, have a good rest of, of your week. Night. Good night.